Raymond, the best news of the day may have just come out. Governor Gavin Newsom has announced that we could have fans in the stands as early as opening day for the MLB. Now, opening day for the A's is going to be April 1st, if that's the team you're into. And, of course, our beloved Giants, opening day will be April 9th. So, Raymond, here's the question. Will you be one of the fans in the stands? That depends if they let me walk around the way the Giants Park is designed to be walked around. I'd love to have a foot long and just walk around, but how many fans are they even going to allow in the stands? I mean, if there's a limit and, you know, I might not be able to be there. I mean, it might just make more sense to be at a bar, but but now, but will I even be allowed to stand in the bar within, you know, I know there's capacity limits, but, uh, well, I suppose... I suppose I'll just watch from my home and just not bother with either of those two uh, complicated matters right now. Because I know it's not going to be full go. So I guess I can just be a full go at my at my home, on my couch. So I'll be a fan in the stand at home. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, be a, you'll be a grouch on the couch. A grouch on the couch. One grouch on the couch. One. Oh, 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 oh. For those of you that were old enough to have uh, learned your mathematics from uh, Count Dracula. Yeah, nobody no, nobody under 30 knew what you were referencing, most yeah. likely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Raymond. Well, why don't you let Gavin Newsom and the fans who are going to be in the stands know where they can find the gold cast after, after, uh, after they're allowed back in the stadiums, or right now, actually. Well, you can always follow us on Instagram at the Goldcast, and you can also follow us on Twitter at the underscore Goldcast, and be sure to subscribe to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, anywhere that podcasts are syndicated, we can be found there. Like, subscribe, and if you're on the YouTube, leave a comment because that tells YouTube what to do with our video, hence it bumps up because that's how the algorithm works, and it's also good and prudent to hit the little notification bell on youtube that way you get notified when we go live on the line as we say because there is no such thing as online you're just on the line that's how it is you log on to the internet you are on the line just like you're on a phone line you're on the line now you're just on a worldwide line absolutely and we have a huge show for you today we are going to start with a bleach bleacher report that came out today listing the five teams that are going to disappoint the NFL the most. And guess who they had at number one. (laughs) And after that, 49ers claim former Texans cornerback Mark Fields off waivers. The Warriors go three up, three down, Raymond, right on brand for the season. And then last, what we started with, fans in the stands opening day. But first, the greatest podcast intro in the game is about to drop the greatest fanalist in the game he's here your professor of fanalism i'm in the building too classes in session let's go san francisco are you ready this is the gold cast boom Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the Voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa first, baby. 
Boom! All right, Raymond, we are going to talk about fans in the stands. But first, we got to get to the biggest news of the day. Bleacher Report's own Chris Rowling. Not to be confused with Grant Cohen. Not be, <laughs> yeah, so this feels like a Cohen-style article. Uh, Chris Rowling of Bleacher Report released his top five NFL teams to disappoint in the year 2021 and ranked at number one, Raymond. Well, I bet everyone can guess what, who that team is because you're watching the Gold Cast. He ranked the San Francisco 49ers as the number one team most likely to disappoint in the year 2021. Let's talk about this, right? Let me cite some of the things he said in the article. He said, Chris Rowling, uh, he cited Jimmy G as being the number one factor and his contract. Uh, the Rams acquisition of Matt Stafford as the number two reason. Uh, our lack of cap space, we only have like $11.3 million in cap space right now as being number three. And the difficulty of our division being number four. These are the four reasons. This a loaded NFC West as it is every year. So Raymond, I ask you, after checking out that article, is Chris Rowling right? Will the 49ers be the biggest disappointment in the NFL in 2021? He, he's as right as... I don't even know how to, how to categorize this. Um, <laughs> you know, this, um, this piece is, in, in a word, it's very shallow. You know, it's, it's low-hanging fruit. Because, you know, when it doesn't take much research to put these things together, like, yeah, we have to face Matt Stafford twice, but Matt Stafford, you know, still has a lot to prove. And he's in a twilight of his career. I just really am not expecting too much from him. I think he's obviously going to be in a better scheme, but I don't think that that's a factor as being it that when it really comes down to these those two teams. The, the biggest X factor is not the quarterback. It's how those quarterbacks facilitate the offense derived from the coach. And as far as track record is concerned, a healthy 49ers, even a, a beat-up 49ers, namely Kyle Shanahan, owns Sean McVay because Sean McVay is a derivative protege of Kyle Shanahan, not the other way around. And as far as all of Shanahan's protégés go, Right now, he is still the master, and no one has surpassed him as of yet. So I just don't really see that as being one of the viable reasons. The NFC West as a whole, that makes sense. We have the toughest division in the West. We're the best of the West. So I can buy that one. I get that one. Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, if you look at his track record, he's healthy every other year. So he's on track to be healthier this season as opposed to his his entire career has been extremely consistent as far as the inconsistency goes. Injured one year, healthy the next. Injured one year, healthy the next. He was injured in 2016 uh, during the four-game stretch that he was covering for Tom Brady. Uh, then he was healthy for the five-game stretch that he played with the 49ers after he got traded. 2018, he tears his ACL. He's gone for the season. 2019, he plays the entire season, gets to the Super Bowl. 2020, he has an injured ankle, plays partially into that season, and then they have to drop him further. They have to shut him down. 
So he's on pace to be healthy this season. Unless he breaks that chain, I really don't see that happening because he knows the pressure that's mounting on him. He knows durability is the focus this offseason. I don't see any reason as to why he will suddenly break that chain and get injured again this year. If he does, then obviously his days are numbered, and that's a very short numbered uh, week for him. And then what was the other reason you said? Uh, cap space. Cap space is the only other legitimate one on this on this list. Cap space is going to be tough because we're going to lose some players and they're going to be hard to replace. We have to deal with Kawan Williams. We know Trent Williams is going to get signed. We know Sherman's not going to be there, which is one of the reasons why our next story is somewhat relevant. And so the question is, who do they pick? You know, D Ford's going to be there pr- presumably. We don't know if they're going to part with him. I think he think he fits better in a nice trade package. But the question is, who do we get in that trade package? I don't know. But if he's healthy, then you have the fast one of the fastest pass rushers in the NFL alongside the other fastest pass rusher in the NFL, or one of them at least, and a Nick Bosa. So you're going to have a pass rush again on a defense that was a top 10 last season, even though half the team was dead. So I think that uh, that makes a huge difference. So the, the question is, who do the Niners keep within that cap space, you know? I don't know. Either way, <laughs> I mean, I guess in in a nutshell, this article's whatever. It's BS to me. The the only thing that I thought was the most legitimate was the cap space and then obviously the health of Jimmy G. He made it sound, when you read the opening of the article, he made it sound as though we have this huge quarterback problem. Uh, we only have a quarterback problem if Jimmy G's hurt. Uh, last time I saw him play a full season, we went to the Super Bowl. I'm not quite sure if we have a quarterback problem. That seems like a pretty good quarterback problem to have when your quarterback's capable of taking you to the Super Bowl. And, of course, naysayers always want to go, well, that's because of Kyle Shanahan. Well, if that was the case, then C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins would have taken us to the Super Bowl, too. But those guys could barely string together three wins, uh, three, or six wins as the starters for the entire season. So I have a really hard time believing that to be the case when it's obvious Kyle Shanahan cannot win without at least a man, a, a quarterback at the level of Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, uh, expertise. It has to be that is the minimum and the minimum that he can do with a guy like Jimmy G is go to the Super Bowl. We don't really have a quarterback problem. I think this is something that I want to want to stress to the Goldcast Empire. We don't have a quarterback problem. We only have it if Jimmy G can't stay healthy. And I completely agree that that is a legitimate problem. But if Jimmy G can stay healthy, if he can play to his potential, the sky's the limit. We could easily be back in the Super Bowl again. The cap space is a genuine, legitimate concern. I am nervous about that too. We do have to sign Trent Williams. That is the most important piece. If we do not sign Trent Williams, with J.J. Watt being here, Aaron Donald being here, this could look to be a tougher season. And the more times Jimmy gets hit, the more chances that he has of becoming injured. So I'm with you. I don't think we're going to be the number one biggest disappointment in the league. This is right behind the Colts, the Dolphins, the Cowboys, and the Cardinals. I mean, I, I agree with the Cardinals. Sure, let's go with that. <laughs> yeah, the that, that's, that part's true. That's accurate. The Cowboys, <laughs> no, that's, that's accurate. accurate as well. I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dolphins, I don't know. I don't know. Biggest disappointment. I mean, what do they expect from them? I don't expect them to be. I expect them to maybe be second in the AFC East again. Maybe the Patriots pass them, but maybe they don't. I don't know. Anyways, I'm with you. Uh, The article was, uh, you know, a little clickbaity, 
But uh, And we're biased, of course, but at the same time, we're also realistic. And I just don't see the Niners being the biggest disappointment in the NFL. That's pretty. It's a pretty harsh category to be in. I don't know if we're going to be the biggest. It's a bit, it's a bit amateurish, in my opinion. Yeah. All right, here we go, Raymond. Topic number two. The 49ers claim former Texans cornerback Mark Fields off of waivers. Who exactly, Ray, is Mark Fields? Let the Goldcast Empire know. And what, will he be playing a big role with this team? What do you think? You know, it's it's a waiver claim, so this is not a sexy off-season move by any stretch. So I don't think we should necessarily be praising to the sky. We know that the Niners are going to have some cornerback voids uh, this coming off-season, but those are going to be much bigger than Mark Fields II can fill. He was an undrafted rookie by, by the Kansas City Chiefs. Then he ended up in Minnesota. Then he ended up in Houston, and now we got him off waivers because he got released a couple days ago, and now the Niners have him. So he has not played, does not have a whole lot of NFL action under his belt. He's got five games total between Minnesota and and uh, Houston. He played uh, two games with Houston and two games with uh, with Minnesota, and that's it. Not uh, not a whole lot there. A couple of a few tackles, you know, no picks. Even his college numbers were not all that great. You know, he attended Clemson University for four years. He appeared in 48 games, started six times, 45 tackles, 13 pass deflections, five TFLs, one sack, and one pick. So nothing a whole lot going on there that makes you jump off the page. Obviously, when a, when a guy moves from team to team to team, as an undrafted rookie, you know, that's not saying much. I mean, he's only 5'10", 180, so he's definitely on the smaller side of corners. So it's a question of whether the Niners can mold him into something viable. And, you know, it's a wait and see because he's got he's got to climb a ladder that has Emmanuel Mosley ahead of him. Kawan Williams is still on the team. And, you know, the likes of Jimmy Ward are still there. Jaquaski Tart are still there. Uh, Akella Witherspoon is still there. So, you know, he's got a tall task ahead of him. It does also sound like they're going to probably mostly use him for special teams. That does seem to be where his prowess is going to be. But depth on a team that had the most injured players in the league last year, depth is of the utmost importance. So while I agree with you, not a sexy pick, but still a must pick. We need depth. All right, let's move on, Raymond. Here we go. Warriors. The Warriors, they we went from the two. Oh, we have the same. Oh, no, we do. We have the two <laughs> up, two down. Uh, that's how I look. St- Steph's look. That's that's how I feel. Well, the 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 teams as as you as you alluded to the teams the team mirrors itself in wins and losses. So our our picture is synonymous with the team's pattern. Absolutely, totally. You're completely one hundred percent right. They went from the two up, two down format to now the three up, three down. They just lost their third game in a row. We went Lakers. Then we did Portland Trailblazers in a barn burner yesterday. That was actually a really good game. And then the Suns today. So is this just what we can expect going forward? Is it just like the Warriors are, we just don't have the offensive firepower necessary to kind of string together multiple runs? Are we kind of just going to go up? I mean, this is just, is this is this is this just what we can expect, Ray? What do you think? I mean, it seems like it. To be fair, the loss tonight, which was a blowout, one twenty to ninety eight against the Phoenix Suns, there was no Curry and no Draymond. So your two best, your best defender and your best shooter 
the best shooter in the association, were not in the lineup. So, of course, Devin Booker and company are going to have their way. Of course, it's going to be a blowout. So this loss was just kind of a, to me, it was just kind of a a toss-in. Like, I would rather take the loss, if you're Steve Kerr, I would rather take this loss than risk injury to Draymond or Curry and give them the rest because they're on back-to-backs. Back-to-backs are exhausting in the NBA. No team really plays well in a back-to-back. It is the the equivalent of a Thursday night football game in the NFL. And it's just the the Warriors this season have been notorious for losing their back-to-backs, let alone when they pull out their two best stars. So I don't think there's really any surprise with this third loss. I just don't know if it's a pattern that's going to continue as long as Kerr keeps his best players in the lineup. I think it would be more like a three, win three, drop two, win two again, something like that. Last night's game could have easily been won by the Warriors. We also didn't have Draymond in the lineup against the Lakers. So you are looking at a three-game stretch that, you know, it looks like tonight's game was was a scheduled loss, right? They're 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 pulling their starters. They 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 don't expect a whole lot. This is an opportunity for the bench and for the role players to kind of see how they go against the Phoenix Suns, a team that has been, you know, is is coming up, is on the come up and they're pretty hungry. So the uh, but you know you Draymond's in the lineup against the Lakers, not who knows. I mean we did get blown out, but I mean you know our number one defensive player was out. Also AD was out, so you know it was it was it, you have Draymond in that lineup. Who knows what happens with the Lakers? The Lakers obviously wanted to get revenge over that loss that we delivered to them earlier in the season. So who knows? But last night's win, Dame's Dame's shot doesn't drop. You know we get a. Uh, um, Draymond's is allowed to count at the end, and you know, and maybe we've got a different game there. So it was, it that was a tight one. That was a very tight one against Portland, and a great game. So it is very possible that we could be looking at, you know, not necessarily this the two up, two down, three up, three down format. You know, so it, it's, yeah, I, I I guess I'm yes anding you on that one, and I'm saying you there know was there was some extenuating circumstances that fed into the three game loss this time, which was different from some of the other back-to-back losses that they've endured after winning back-to-back. I feel like the previous pattern was more them trying to find their rhythm and trying to get past, get an actual streak going, versus this one where the Warriors just kind of seemed to get in their own way. And we were down a couple guys for some of these games. Yeah, which 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 hurt us, just like when we were getting gaining momentum and then we lost all three of our centers. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so hopefully, well, it would be real nice to see the Warriors string together four and maybe not lose four, though, right after. Let's go Let's go four, then you can lose one, and then we'll go back to winning again. Let's, let's, let's try that. Let's try that. All right, here we go. So this was what we started with, Raymond. Fans in the stands. This is, uh, obviously, I was reading this article. This also was put out there um, that the, right now, our hospitals are down like 42%. COVID cases are down 43% across the state. You are seeing, you know, obviously as the vaccine becomes more readily available, the numbers are dropping a lot, which is good news. This is great news. So, and with that, you are now hearing Gavin Newsom say there might be fans in the stands. As we know, spring training is underway. The Giants are playing. It is awesome. I am so excited. We Last we left the, the San Francisco Giants, they were kind of similar to this Warriors team. Scrappy, young, 
frustrating, you know, um, but but uh, but fun to watch no matter what. And the Giants team was also very fun to watch last year. It was a great run. And I thought actually the COVID season of only 70 games was was actually the perfect amount for such a young squad. Hey, let's get in there. Let's get a taste. Let's get out. And this year we're going for a full test of you guys. But beyond that, how excited are you to have fans back in the stands? Because honestly, I am ecstatic. I I I have not been to, uh, like, I can't see the Niners when they're in town, can't see the Giants when they're in town. I am so pumped for the opportunity to go see games again. How excited are you? Uh, I love it. And, you know, uh, baseball is one of the easiest sporting events to attend because it's throughout the week and a little bit more schedule-friendly, at least the way with, with the way my job works. So I can get to night games easier than I can get to a Sunday football uh, afternoon game. So it's uh, I, I like that aspect. Plus, it, it's a uh, it's so nice on a nice day. You get to eat, you get to drink. It's a little bit more slower pace. You know, you can. There's a lot more socializing that goes on in addition to watching the game. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with the commitment that a football game demands, but baseball is just an American pastime, and it's so nice to have that aspect back. And we're so close. And it, I, I hope that Gavin Newsom and the numbers are everything holds up because. This is something that needs to happen, and it's something that I think everyone's looking forward to, along with everything else that uh, everyone has been looking forward to from, you know, getting out of the lockdown. So I think this is an exciting opportunity. I think it's a huge opportunity. You know what I miss? I miss randomly just hopping on to the Metro and just catching a game. Sometimes, sometimes I'd be just walking around and I would just grab like some scalper tickets like halfway through the game and hop in at like the the fourth or fifth inning sometimes i'd go like at the middle like one o'clock i'd like i was i'd be done and i have nothing to do so i just hop on the metro and be like i'm gonna go catch the game for a while i go sit and watch for a couple hours and maybe i'd leave by like the seventh inning maybe i'm like i'll roll out now and i'll you know i'll go meet up with some friends somewhere else but like just being able to hop in and out of baseball games was really fun and obviously that's going to be really very determined very much determined on what kind of capacity we're looking at for this game, for these games. But the just the idea that numbers are low enough that we can go back to sporting events, back to seeing our teams, the Giants, the Niners, the Warriors, that is dope. Because if we're going to be allowed to see the, the Giants come April 9th, I would imagine we should be able to go see the Warriors the same week, right? Theoretically, yeah. Yeah, I agree. So... Let's hope, it, you know, everyone do their due diligence, play their part, just so we can go back to watching live sporting events. That alone is incentive for everyone to go back. All right, Raymond, we'll be back next week. I'm pretty sure Candlestick Will is rejoining us next week. We've already were in talks with him, getting him back on the show. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have Candlestick Will, our third esteemed co-host. And we'll be back talking Warriors and Giants with our boy Candlestick Will. And so concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the Voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III. And with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis I, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Gold Cast time, same Gold Cast channel. This is, is the Gold Cast.